Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage Podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy. Today's guest is Bethany Hudson and Kelsey Harms. They are the founders of Prairie and Pine Homeschool Curriculum. Both are certified teachers endorsed in English language arts for grades 6 through 12 and collectively have taught for over a decade. Bethany and Kelsey decided to leave the classroom to pursue their passions for creating an accessible curriculum that empowers parents and can be used by any family. The goal of Prairie and Pine curriculum is to help parents craft an education that is tailored to their child's unique needs and their family's lifestyles. In this episode, we talk about how you don't need to have a degree in teaching in order to give your children the highest quality of education. Also, you are qualified to teach your children. And lastly, how Prairie and Pines curriculum is easily modifiable and adaptable to meet the needs of the students. So go grab your coffee, go grab your tea and a pen and paper because you're not going to want to miss what Bethany and Kelsey have to say. Let's get into the podcast. Say hello to our guests and tell us. What's a fun fact about your industry that will really surprise our listeners? Hello. Hi. Thanks for having us here. So I think we came up with two really interesting facts that we think about our industry that makes it unique. So the first one being English language arts is so much more than memorizing vocabulary and writing essays. Yes. And the other fun fact that we really wanted to share was you don't need to have a teaching degree in order to give your child the highest quality of education. I agree with you. And we are all public school teachers or former public school teachers. And we totally, we understand that. Like, it really is not about having a degree in teaching. Does that help? Heck yeah, (laughs) it does help. You know what I mean? But you don't actually really need it. And I think as parents, somehow they've just began to feel really like not qualified to be able to teach their own children. And I love the fact that you ladies have come and wanted to be part of the parents' journey in this area of educating their children. So, all right, let's get into it. What's the focus of your work? All right, so we specialize in developing homeschool curriculum for middle and high school family, middle and high school students, specifically in English language arts. And we really just want to empower families by equipping parents with the confidence to teach and provide their children with the education that they deserve. So our ultimate goal is to ensure that families feel capable and confident in their ability to deliver a high quality education to their students. Yeah, and you mentioned that you don't necessarily need to have their own curriculum because you guys can help them like actually create something along those lines. Is that right? Or am I misunderstanding that part? So we've created a curriculum that is easily adaptable. Basically with what we're doing, we do a unit based around a text set, which is where we have an anchor text. So let's say we do Fahrenheit 451, and then we build all of these dystopian themes to help support the ideas within that text. And everything is adaptable to the family and the student needs. So maybe they only do English one day a week. They can adjust that pacing guide to fit them. Maybe they're doing English an hour a day, Monday through Friday. Then there's work there to kind of adapt as they need. Got it. And just from my brain, dystopian. What? 
<laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> dystopian is the, so it's the opposite of a utopia. So a utopia is the perfect society. A dystopia is basically like a false utopia where people are living under things like government control, loss of freedom, censorship, all sorts of heavy issues. So that's what Fahrenheit 451 is a really popular book around that. Um, the Giver, 1984, Brave New World, Hunger Games. Those are all dystopian novels. Oh, that's awesome. Those are really, those are actually really good books. I know we in my chemistry and, and biology class, they had Fahrenheit 451. I remember seeing that. I never used it. I'm not going to lie. So sorry. But I did, I did see it. And we also had like the hot zone and oh, I can't remember the other one. I don't have it over here. Something about breaking the code with the genetics and everything. So that one was another one that's really good too. So yeah, I, I love the fact that you guys use books to be able to create the curriculum around it. Can we, can you like unpack that a little bit more for us? So basically what we do with a tech set, I'll just use, let's say, let's take I am Malala's unit. Um, so we titled the unit finding your voice. Cause we were really hoping that through Malala's story, we could help to empower students to find things that they're passionate about. So before they even start reading, they're going to explore geographically the area of Pakistan. They're going to explore Malala's story. They're also going to do some research into the Declaration of Human Rights so they understand what every human on this planet is guaranteed for simply existing. And then a little bit of background on the Taliban so they can understand how the Taliban came in and took over in Malala's area. So they're getting a really solid foundation before they jump into the book. Then from there, we build in other concepts. We have vocabulary that they can work with using the Freyer model. We have Afghan art from when the Taliban took back over in Afghanistan. We have voices from women, oppression, all sorts of things um, to kind of continue to build that theme through their reading. And then at the end, we also give them an opportunity to find their voice. So to do a research project into a current human rights violation and then take a stand on it. And I'm skipping things. So like <laughs> we also include music videos, right? Art analysis, poetry. There's all sorts of things in there to, to help support that understanding of the themes of Malala. That's really powerful. Oh my gosh. That's like really powerful. Like I want to take that class right now. Like that's really great. Yeah. Those are things, you know, people don't tend to go into it. It's like, it's like a, it's like a tough subject to talk about too. And I'm so happy that you're brave. <laughs> you're like, seriously, it's that that's courageous to go in and say, you know what, we're going to talk about this because this is what's happening in our world and we're not going to be quiet about it. So let's just expose it. Let's show the re the reality of it. And here you go. And that is, I think that's the main thing that, that we lack in, honestly, in education is the ability to, to talk about things that are tough in an open way and not make it so like agendized in a sense of like, I've, I've walked into other English classes where it is, I mean, like we're talking about stuff, but I'm like, are we actually talking about it? Or like, is this like really agenda? Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, I, and I have, I've walked into a lot of them where like they have a Netflix video and it's just like specifically like targeting like just one thing, but it sounds here where it's like, we're going to go back and forth and talk about her life and we get a chance to communicate. You get to see some videos and to like talk about, you know, what's going on. Here's the vocabulary behind it. This is what happened then. This is what happened now. This is what the contrast of it. 
and moving forward. So I think that's really, really cool. And just hearing different perspectives is really powerful. And I think a lot of people just don't want to work with the Taliban for some reason. I think they're scared. You know, like they're kind of, yeah, I think they're just kind of nervous about it. Like, oof, what that we, I don't want to offend anybody. It's like, why is it offensive? It's actually real. You know, it's like right there. So I'm, that's awesome. Fantastic. Um, so what inspired you to create something like this? So we are both, both former public school teachers. So we experienced firsthand just the limitations of the existing curriculum that was available, right? So one of the things that we love is we get to create something where students aren't just reading a book and answering questions and taking a test and then writing an analysis essay at the end, which is kind of was expected oftentimes with English language arts curriculum. We wanted to create something that meant something. Kind of like we were talking about with the Malala unit, we wanted students to be able to interact with these real life themes and be able to know what to do with that, be able to think critically about everything that they were reading about, being able to understand like what things mean in different contexts. So when we realized the limitations with existing curriculum in the classroom, we always created everything that we taught. We didn't use a curriculum that was provided by somebody else. So then when we started transitioning towards looking at curriculum for homeschool families, we realized that especially at the high school and middle school level, those options were even more limited than they were for public school teachers. So when we realized that that huge gap was there, we decided to make it our mission to create the curriculum that was going to meet the needs of families. And what I noticed too, is as you were talking, I was thinking about this and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the topic is, is very emotionally based. Like it's, it's emotionally charged. And when you take some, it's emotionally charged. You almost force kids to think critically. You know what I mean? Like you, you make them like you pull the, you pull it out of them. Cause I think you know, at least for me and my students, like I'll ask them things and they almost have no emotion towards things. Like almost none. And I teach high school kids and I've on a number of times, I always hear it's whatever it's, it's whatever it is what it is. And I'm always like, that's what, you know, it, it blows my mind. And I always look at my material. Cause I do, I do follow a lot of the things that are given to me. I, I change whatever I can, but I try to stick with it as much as possible. But then I'm now, as you guys said that I was like, I really should probably just kind of go off because yeah, because it's like, I can see clearly that, that what is being taught doesn't actually elicit an emotional response and I realized as you were talking I'm like she's making so much sense because when I talk about my personal experiences and things that they can do that are connected to the topic then I get emotional and I get responses back from my students and it's only then when I'm and I'll get like responses like wow that was awesome thank you for sharing that Oh, that makes so much sense. But when I'm just teaching the subject, I always get, and I'm like, okay, what, what do you guys think? I actually have to ask them to think about that. And then they're like, it's, yeah, it's whatever. And they're so intuitive. Like teenagers are so intuitive that, you know, I just think it's really ingenious how you guys have done that and taken some really charged situations and you're bringing it to them. And you're, you're like telling them like, you have, you have the right to think about this and let's do that. Well, and I think, think we, there's a couple of things. One, 
you create an environment for that, right? So when Bethany said that we had the opportunity to create our curriculum, we literally get to make it from the ground up. That's not common in public education. If you're in a major city, odds are that you are getting it handed to you with what to do each day and when to do it. So we were in a very fortunate situation. And because of that situation, we got to see kids thrive. And we got to see kids thrive that as a society, we have very low expectations for. So poor, rural, white kids, inner city kids, right? Like low expectations. But when you create that environment for learning, they they do. Kids want to be challenged. They want someone to set high expectations for them and to invest time and believe in them that they can reach those expectations. And that's what's cool about a tech set versus what we're seeing a lot with standardized curriculum, where they might take an excerpt from a book. But when you have a kid who's invested in an entire book, they've built a complete understanding of this whole other world. Um, wow. And they feel empowered by that. Wow. You're inspiring me right now. Like, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> like, I'm just like, wow, these girls are brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Can I add on to Please. something that you were mentioning earlier, just as far as like giving kids the space to think about and process and have a voice in things that might be difficult to approach in other situations. One of the major components of our curriculum is we have a before journal prompt and an after journal prompt for every chapter of oh, each I love it. that we do. Love and the it. before prompts are most oftentimes getting them to talk about things that are happening in their life or things that they're noticing in society or throughout the world. So it's getting them thinking about these really important things that are going to, they're going to be able to make that personal connection to the text in the chapter. Wow. And then that after prompt is helping them process and make those connections after they finish reading. And the cool thing about having this in a homeschool setting is this is giving families the opportunity to discuss oh, this if they want yes. to. So if families are having a hard time being like, I really want to approach these subjects with my kids, but I don't really know how, we're creating a tool that's allowing parents to do that. And kids can write their responses because teenagers wow. don't always love talking to their parents, right? <laughs> But parents can have the opportunity to look over their kids' writing and then ask follow-up questions and just have conversations about it later on. Wow. <laughs> That's all I can say is, wow. Wow. That is, wow. Wow. I don't know what else to say. Wow. <laughs> just blown away blown away. Well, and that's really our hope is to empower parents. Between Bethany and I, we have a handful of master's degrees. I'm national board certified. These all have really fancy paper um, things to show how successful we are in the classroom. But the reality is, is that nobody knows your child better than you. So whereas I'm spending months getting to know your kids so that I can make sure that I meet their needs in the classroom, you already know those things. So really we're just trying to bridge that gap for parents. So we've got the academic side down and we're here to support you on that. You already know your kid and what works best for them. So maybe with the journals, your kid hates writing and it's like pulling teeth. Cool. You guys get to have discussions instead, if that works best for you, really like just teaching parents how to bridge that gap. It's amazing. Oh my gosh. I have to remember you when I have kids and they get older, like, I just like, I have to remember this <laughs> because like that, and that's the beauty of this. And that's why I created this podcast. It's so that way, you know, creative ideas and amazing, like just ways of teaching. And this is why I absolutely love creativity. It's, there is not, there, there's never going to be an excess of creativity. There's just never. 
going to be an excess of creativity. People are creative, so individual. And when two people come together and you guys are like, boom, 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 boom. I mean, like the stuff that's going to come out of you guys and like into the hands of parents so that they can be also successful. I mean, just think about that. Like you're taking, like what you said, the academic side, and now the parents are going to, going to be able to take what they're learning from you with the knowledge of their child and actually make it such an experience. And like you said, families can do this together. Like you're actually giving them more space to build relationships upon an academic platform together, which is a lot of parents don't get a chance to do that, especially at the older ages. Cause a lot of times, even in homeschooling parents kind of like say, all right, well, you're good. I'm, you know, now you can teach yourself, but you've actually said to them like in a very, you know, like empowering way, honestly, in a very exciting way, because if I had a teenager, I'd be like, oh, heck yeah, I'm doing that. You know, here you get more opportunity to get to get to know how your kid thinks. You get another opportunity to find what matters to your kid without having to like try and pull teeth. Like you're going to be able to be part of a conversation that that interests them or that they feel is meaningful. You're making you're going to be able to make an impact along with them and be part of of their life in this at this time of and the, and this time of, of their lives is so really pivotal like those 12 13 14 15 16 17 18 those like five or six years or seven years whatever so important holy cow like everything is changing their world has gone crazy their hormones are like at an all-time high you know and they're so emotional and how powerful that a parent can go there be part of this because this is this is really their life this is their job right this is a kid's job right now to learn this is it like every kid knows this is my time to learn and it's just very powerful it gets me very emotional to think like you know we have curriculums and opportunities out there like what you guys are offering to foster relationship and to me relationship is everything it's like everything and if to be able to bring in intellect an educational background to it. It's just so powerful. It's just so powerful. And I know people are like, Buzzy, I think you're making a little bit more of it. I'm not like, cause when your kid is 25 years old, you're going to remember like that time when they were 15, 13, 14, 15, and you sat there with them and they're going to remember that. And that's going to build upon that relationship when they're 25, 30, 35, 40. It's like, it's amazing. You know, it's just, it's a very powerful thing super powerful but you know what's really interesting how did you get your name prairie and pine well (laughs) bethany and i are both wannabe homesteaders also (laughs) we love all of the things gardening and as controversial as it might be at times meat um and i love meat (laughs) and all of those things and so I had been tossing around some names for when I get my dream property and have have a little homestead. And I was thinking about prairie and pine um, because of where I live near the, like where I'm at in the Northwest. And then when Bethany and I started to come together with this curriculum, it was really like the prairie and the pine, the mountains, the fields, like all, like (laughs) all of us everywhere (laughs) 
and kind of a curriculum that used nature, which is super important for both of us as a way of uniting. That's the nerdy. I love that. No, <laughs> it's not nerdy. I, I love things like that. <laughs> and then Bethany came up with a, our beautiful logo because she's super creative like that. So she I sent love it, it. and I was like, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. You guys are awesome. I, I'm really excited for you guys. And I, and like, this curriculum is fan freaking tastic. I don't know how else to say it, like without like saying a cuss word. I'm like, dang, this is awesome. You know, it's like, shoot. Oh man, it's really good. It's really good. So can you just, I, I actually, I'm going to share some testimonies that I have on here. So it says families have so far loved the curriculum. Just a short time our curriculum has been available. We've heard these things. So one student said they never wanted to do they never want to do vocabulary any other way, but by using the Freyer model, which I love the Freyer model. I've used the Freyer model myself. And for those of you like who are not familiar with the Freyer model, it's basically taking the word, putting it in the center, definition, your own definition. At least this is how I do it. Your definition, the actual definition, a picture and like a real world Thing. So I know that some people use Freya model a little bit differently. I, I've used it slightly different as well, but I've actually transformed it from Freya model to word walls. Cause I was like, I just really want to like expand on this. And I, I absolutely love using the Freya model is, am I close to how you guys use the Freya model? Yeah, so we do the definition, put it in your own words, characteristics of the word, examples and non-examples is how we have it broken down. And I don't know if you've ever had this with students, but sometimes when you just Google a word, kids will use the first definition that pops up on Google without clicking any links, and it gives them the completely wrong context. <laughs> and then it's not helpful in the end. So with ours, we actually include a QR code that takes them to a page that is going to give them all the information that they need in order to be able to get the correct definition for those literary devices. So, oh, that's so good. Yeah. Actually, a lot of my students do that. I've actually had to like tell them, like, okay, so this word has a lot of definitions. I was like, you're actually going to have to read through them and find the one that applies for physics, apply the one that applies for biology, you know, because I've gotten some definition I'm like and I, I remember thinking in my head like this is not even like bi biologically based I'm like why did they even use that one you know it's like ah but you're right yeah so that was really smart like of course teacher <laughs> it's like <laughs> that's awesome yeah and then the other one says um the activities that are provided are really helpful and make learning fun and more interesting and I could totally see that such as the QR codes to videos that build on activities so that's fantastic so where can listeners connect with you and purchase your resources and then I'll, I'll put it in your show notes as well yeah so our website is going to be the, where they can purchase anything it's prairieandpinecurriculum.com they can follow us on Instagram. Our handle is prairieandpine.hc. We have a Facebook page, again, prairieandpinehc. Pretty easy to find on all of those. And we post lots of additional things on our social media that aren't about our curriculum. So we do lots of like social and emotional strategies, different teaching strategies. It's, a, it's mostly resources for parents to keep building that confidence that, that they can teach their kids. Fantastic. Did you guys have a discount for this? We would love to offer your listeners 20% off 
their order. So they can just use the coupon code homeschooladvantage at checkout and they will get 20% off their entire order. Awesome. It doesn't matter how they type it in, like big or small. All caps. All caps. There we go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Fantastic. So as we are wrapping up, what is one big takeaway you want our listeners to get from our conversation today? Why? your listeners to understand that they are qualified to teach their children and give them a high quality education. Awesome. I agree. I agree. Thank you guys so much for coming on today. Honestly, it's been a pleasure. I just, I feel like I've literally walked away inspired and I've learned something and I know my students are going to benefit from just this conversation today. So thank you so much. Thank you you so much for having us. If you love the conversations we're having here on the Homeschool Advantage podcast, follow or subscribe our podcast to stay in the loop and never miss this amazing content. And please highly consider taking a minute to leave a positive rating and review to help others like you discover this show. See you next time.